Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM. WFAN New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. I want to get your thoughts this morning about a rising push to finally allow high school football to resume in New York State. There's a real grassroots movement called Let Them Play. Now, as we all know all so well, COVID-19 has wreaked havoc with all sports since last March, but perhaps the biggest victim has been high school sports, and especially high-risk sports like high school football. Now, the truth is, lots of other states around the nation, well, they have played high school football in the fall, while primarily kids in the New England states, including New York State, and also out on the West Coast, they have all had to wait patiently for their seasons to finally start. And the question is, is the right time to start high school football here in New York State on March 1st? Now, as I recall, that was the original plan going back to uh, earlier this spring. The authorities said, let's just delay and postpone high school football until sometime in the spring. And so football players in New York State have waited and waited and waited. But the truth is, we really haven't heard much from the top people in New York State about if and when that reboot of the fall season is going to happen. And as you know, we've discussed the postponement of fall sports on this show several times during the pandemic. In fact, it was a longtime high school football coach, Mike Spina, from Long Island, who was one of the very first to propose that the fall sports schedule either be pushed back to the spring, spring of 21, or somehow put together a shortened schedule for all sports in the spring. Now, again, I don't know about you, but I really haven't heard or seen much about what New York State specifically plans to do and when it's going to take place. So let's get into this conversation about this this movement about let them play high school football on March 1st when practices would begin. That's the question on the table this morning. Shall we finally move ahead and let our kids play football? 1-877-337-6666. Now, I, I absolutely know that kids and coaches want to do this. That's pretty much a given. But from what I see on social media, a lot of parents are also eager to move this forward as well. But the question, of course, is always the same. Do we think this is safe? I mean, look, we're all sports fans. Look, look at the daily reports uh, you know, from the NFL, uh, the NBA, the National Hockey League on COVID issues. And again, these are professional operations, organizations that can afford to test their players on an everyday basis, and they still have players coming down with the disease. 
it's not really financially feasible with high school football to do that. Plus, let's be very candid and blunt about this. COVID is raging. 4,000 Americans are dying every day of COVID. And when it comes to high school football, do we make our kids, our high school football players, will they be mandated to wear protective cloth masks while they're wearing helmets in the games? Again, we can't forget, football is definitely a high-risk sport for spreading the disease because, let's face it, the players are huffing and puffing in each other's faces throughout the game. It's as simple as that. Now, last week on the show, we talked about the mandatory rule at Boston University that all basketball players, including their opponents who play games on the campus of BU, they have to wear masks throughout the games, and they have been. So should that same logic apply to high school football as well? Are we jumping the gun, or have we waited long enough? Yes, <laughs> football is definitely played outdoors, and that certainly helps. Most medical experts have said that COVID spreads more, much more easily indoors. But then again, as I just mentioned, you can't find many sports where there is more direct face-to-face -face interaction than football, regardless of the fact that it's being played outside. Now, I'm curious to get your thoughts about this, and I noted you know, many states did play football in the fall, although, quite frankly, most of those seasons were, were truncated and shortened. They didn't play many games. And yes, teenage athletes do get sick from COVID-19. They are not immune. And yes, a few of them die. And a few of them develop serious heart and lung concerns. Most do not. But all of them do become potential carriers of the virus to their family, parents, coaches, teachers, and so on. So what is the right decision here in the middle of January? Do we move ahead with football starting March 1st? 1-877-337-6666. I want to hear from you because this is a topic that continues to, to, to bother us and concern us, and we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Now, again, I just mentioned that a number of medical experts have said that outdoor sports are at least theoretically safer than indoor sports. But here again, there's so much confusion about this, the sport of ice hockey, especially at the amateur and high school level, has had a difficult time in combating the spread of the disease. Face masks in hockey, again, particularly with plastic face masks, they do not do a great job in blocking the spread of the virus. And even on hockey and outdoor rinks, well, the problem is the cold air keeps the virus sort of circulating around near the athletes on the ice. And that might be a concern also with football, especially during the cold air of March and April. Uh, okay, let's, let, me, uh, let me hear from you because I definitely want to find out what you think about this. Let me take a short break. When I return, I'll go right to your calls. Stay with me. New York's fan, Sports Radio 101.9 FM, the fan, Back here on the Sports Edge, the question on the table today is March 1st. Is that the day we start high school football in New York State with practices? Uh, that was the game plan that was first announced uh, back in the fall when all the high schools were trying to figure out what we're going to do. Are we going to postpone sports to the spring or the winter? Are we just going to shorten the season? What was the right way to go on this? And again, we're still waiting for some direction, some definitive uh, direction from uh, New York State. The top experts uh, would be great if we heard some ideas or thoughts about what they think would make sense on this, because obviously a lot of high school football players uh, have waited a long time to have an opportunity to, to play football finally at the high school level. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, a lot of other states in the nation have had high school football this past fall. And, uh, you know, now the question is, when can New York State or, or New England, Connecticut, other school, other, uh, you know, schools and states around the country, particularly on the West Coast, when can they resume all this? one 337 6666 And let's start our conversation with, uh, this morning with Mike Spina, who I've spoken to several times uh, over the last few months. Uh, Mike is a longtime high school football coach on Long Island. Mike, good morning. What are you hearing about, about what's going to take place in terms of uh, this movement to let them play high school football in March? Uh, good morning, Rick. How are you? Good, Mike. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of positive momentum going on right now. Um, a lot of the credit I have to give to Coach Dom DiMatteo from Mayapack High School. Mm -hmm. He reached out to me and uh, 
one of my former high school best friends, Phil Carbone, who's the head coach at Annuette High School in Section 1, they reached out to me to get Long Island involved. They've, they've been right on with all the statistics and data, getting all the you know stuff from the other states of who played football right. and how it could be played safely. So they started this movement, Let Them Play, and they're trying to get all of New York State to get involved, get the kids, the coaches, the parents to get these letters and emails and phone calls out to the local assemblymen and senators so that they can put the pressure on the higher-ups, not just going after you know our governor and, and Dr. Zayas, but they want our local politicians to step up. And you know one of the assemblymen from upstate, uh, Colin Schmidt, he had a rally up in Monroe Woodbury which had a lot of positive feedback. The question I have about this, Mike, is, uh, and I understand, of course, the, the urgency uh, with the, the kids and the parents to want to make this go, go, go forward, uh, but and it's one thing to have a political movement with legislatures and grassroots, but I'd still feel a lot better uh, if a medical doctor, somebody who was well-versed in this whole area of infectious disease, uh, somebody along the lines of like a Dr. Fauci, would come out and say, yeah, I do think it's fine for high school football to start up in March in New York State, uh, but I would do this under these conditions. Nobody said that yet. Even waiting to hear from Governor Cuomo, I mean, I, it's one for him to say, okay, well, Governor Cuomo, who were you spoken to? Have you spoken to Dr. Fauci? Is this okay now? How come New York State has had to wait all this long, whereas kids in other, other states haven't had to do that? What do you need for these kids to do uh, in order to proceed and play high school football? Uh, are we going to mandate, for example, that all the kids have to wear face masks under their helmets? Is that the smart thing to do? I mean, it's it's... It, it's tricky because it's not so much a political issue, I don't think, as a more as a medical issue. And I'm sure that's something that uh, that Coach DiMatteo and the rest of the coaches are, have been thinking about as well. Well, they have been, and they've gotten a lot of data from the other states. I mean, if you look at you know Michigan and, and Kentucky and you look at the states, they are showing you that it can be done safely. Yeah, well, you know, they, they're giving you the they're giving you all the statistics and all the data of how many kids came out and played. And this is not just, let me tell you, Rick, this is not just about football. This is about kids' mental stability that are, is being hurt right now. And I understand that people are dying. Trust me, I do. Yep. I mean, I have a heart condition. I had a heart attack, and I have a stent, you know, two years ago. But I was the first one to say, I want to go back to school. I want to coach. I want to be with these kids. And I have high school kids and middle school kids. And I got to tell you, it affects people differently. And I'm, this is not a political show, so I'm not going to get political. Yep. All I'm doing is wondering what can be done to get these kids back on the field safely. Yes. And if it's taking temperatures before practice, listen, we all have the temperature, you know, machines where you just put it up to the forehead. That's a start. And it doesn't take long to take every kid's temperature before practice, to have hand sanitizer at all your stations, at your drills. Wear a mask when you're not in, in combat, you know, and I use the word combat, probably the wrong yeah. word. But <laughs> no, we understand what you think. In, in the heat of battle in a football game. But, Mike, sure. you're, you're, but, you're, you're a guy that obviously is somebody who should be concerned uh, with having a stent and having a heart condition, and obviously you're, you have you know, younger kids. We know kids normally do not get terribly ill, although some do from COVID. But they do spread the disease, uh, and you're a football coach. You're the one who should be particularly concerned about this. But, of course, you just thought about it and said, no, I want to be there because I feel this is something that I've thought about and, and want to be, uh, you know, take part in this. Uh, but let me ask you, the other states, and, again, taking the temperature, that's a no-brainer. That's easy. Sanitizer, sure, that should be everywhere. But, you know, the kids would have to be drilled. It seems to me, and I'm not a doctor, but it seems to me that any football player, the first thing they should be drilled into is that not only we're going to take temperature and we use sanitizer everywhere, but you're going to have to certainly understand you're not going to be able to spit. We don't want you to breathe in an opponent's face. Uh, I do think they should uh, you know, wear face masks uh, during the game, which is not going to be fun or easy. But as we saw with the kids in college basketball at BU, they, they do it, and they've gotten accustomed to it. I mean, I, I think that's the least – that we should expect our kids to, to want to go out and do. Um, but again, I, I, I also hear about the aspect, about the mental uh, component of all this, uh, it is a hassle. It is a problem for kids to get through the school year and having no outlet, particularly since so many of them 
do want to go out and play football and enjoy that experience. It, it's, it's a tough call. I just wish we had a little more leadership uh, at the top levels to say, here's what we do, here's how we go about doing it. Simple as that. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And right now, life is tough. And, yeah. if, you know, at least the kids could – listen, if kids can have a choice, you know, whether they want to play and their parents have a choice to let their kids play, then it's on the parents and the kids to do the following things. Take your temperature, wash your hands, you know, socially distance when you're not, say, at practice or at a game. You know, there are guidelines that we can follow to successfully play high-risk sports. And, and what's considered high-risk? I mean, you know, we know other states have played football. We know other states right now are playing basketball. We're seeing it on the pro and the college level. And, yes, I know they have the money to test and that everybody does not have that kind of money, but there are precautions that we can take to get these kids back. Yeah, and I, you know, you mentioned, of course, Mike, uh, and we had this conversation some months ago about, okay, how did they come up with the idea of what is low risk, medium risk, and high risk? And I remember having talking about this on the air, saying, well, how was basketball uh, a medium risk sport? I mean, it seemed to me that basketball is a high risk sport. I mean, clearly, guys are guarding each other uh, close with a matter of a foot or so, and and they're rebounding and and they're huffing and puffing down the court, and it's indoors. I didn't understand how that was considered to be a medium-risk sport. Uh, and as I said, I'm not surprised that it's taken several months, but now we're seeing guys wearing masks playing basketball. And I think that should have been done several several months ago. Football, again, uh, we do have the precedent, as you say, and we're talking with Mike Spina, about the fact that there have been football, high school football games being played in other states around the nation. And uh, the question is, have we been super too cautious here in New York State? Uh, and, uh, and, you know, in other, I mean, New Jersey, they've played high school football, uh, shortened seasons under certain restrictions. Connecticut, I, I seem to recall, they shut it down. The question is, when do we start to resurrect this? And again, this is all under the purview. We know that every... Every, every time we watch a, a, a football game on television, whether it's NFL or college, you know, we don't see kids wearing masks. We don't see the coaches really being diligent about, you know, keeping their masks on place when they're yelling and screaming at their players or their referees. Same in basketball. The quite, and yet we still see, we keep hearing about all these, these spikes in, in COVID infections. It is very, very frustrating and, quite frankly, scary. Mike, th thank you for checking in this morning. I appreciate your efforts. And, uh, yeah, let's see what happens down the road because at some point somebody has to make a decision about if it starts on March 1st. Let, let's move on. Let's go, to, um, let's go to Dr. Rob Freed over in Lake Success. Rob, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Rick, you know, I thank you for taking the call as usual. But, you know, this is real world. This is the real world we're mm -hmm. talking about here. And your show brings real-life situations, what we're dealing with. My, he was a great call, Mike, and, and I remember him calling numerous times. Uh, like I, Today, right now in the news, they're Long Island. They're talking about bringing football back. It's, yes. it's really up to the governor. And, you know, the thought process here is COVID, I just, you know, I, I, I was vaccinated last week. I got my first shot. And I still got to get my second. It's going to be, it's, it's rough. It's crazy. They're not even offering you your, at least in some areas, they're not giving you your second shot appointment. Correct. Which, which doesn't make any sense, but I, I was able to get an appointment for my second shot. The thought process here is that we must get this virus out, and it is coming out, but we must go on with our lives. Now, when you go to a doctor's office, doctors are wearing a full face mask, kind of like to protect themselves so, you know, when they talk, that they don't contract the disease. Along the lines of football, we must, get, go, we must go forward, Rick. The bottom line is Moderna, the CEO of Moderna said, COVID or this coronavirus is here for the rest of our lives. This is just a mutant. People have to understand, it's not here since 2019. This is the common cold basically gone bad. It's a mutant strain that is doing crazy, crazy things. It's been around. They have cases from the 20s of this SARS virus. So it's never going away. So we must continue to go forward, educate and I think the idea of wearing masks, like I saw the BU guys wearing it, we, we, that, that's great. I think football, they should do it. Um, high school, uh, track and field, they, the indoor season is gone, but they're going to be doing their meets outdoors. So like what Mike was saying, what you're, what you're saying, some of it is political. And across the country, they're playing, but that doesn't mean it's, they're doing it right. 
at least at least up here in New York, we're, we're in a pretty good spot. But yes, we must continue to go forward. I think we need more medical, like you said, Rick. I think we need more medical. Now, here's another question for you to propose: Eighteen-year-olds are allowed to get the vaccine. Is that too young? I got a twenty-year-old daughter. She wants to get the shot. I'm thinking, okay, if you want it, you're old enough. That's fine. But really, what is the age that's <laughs> safe, Rick? We're, I mean, us, okay, when you're a you senior citizen or, or in your 40s and 30s, whatever, as adults, we, we want it. We want to go on with our lives. Rob, but, I, I, you know, we both know that, that, that that's a question that, uh, quite frankly, no, nobody can answer now because we know there's a problem just getting enough vaccines out there because apparently there wasn't enough stored uh, to, to get the first a bunch of shots out. And, and as you said, there's just chaos. Uh, it's all we hear in the headlines like I supposed to, I came in for an appointment to get a shot, but no, there's no, there's no vaccine here uh, and they can't reschedule. It is nuts. But And look at California, which now, of course, has become the epicenter of the disease. Uh, I haven't heard too many reports about what's happening with high school sports in California, where, you know, people are getting infected on almost like a, you know, minute-by-minute basis. The question is, this disease is not going away. To your point, I think it's going to be with us for the rest of our lives. I will say this, that, and again, I'm not a doctor, does make sense to me that we might as well take the precautions that we're doing already now, taking kids' temperature, washing hands, socially distancing, wearing face masks. That will become, unfortunately, a part of our kids' lives for the next several years until we get past this thing, uh, you, know, you know, totally. It's just that's the way it's going to be. And the question is, how are our kids going to play sports, which obviously we want them to do, by still being a, still trying to stay within the confines, the protective confines of preventing this thing from spreading, and that that's what it boils down to. Rob, thanks for the thoughts. Let me get some other calls here. Uh, let me move on. Let's go to uh, Ed and Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good. How are you, Ed? Good. Um, I have no problem with the players playing in the spring. I mean, they they lost their season. They should get an opportunity. But here's the question I'm going to ask. You got a multi-sport kid, especially now that it's going to overlap with the baseball. Yep. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. Because if this was in New Jersey, football coaches in New Jersey would pressure the kids not to play baseball, to play football. Yeah. Now what's going to happen is kids are going to have to make a choice of what they want to do. Ed, I thought about that, and uh, you know, you're absolutely right. Because everything's been pushed back and and tightened and shortened, uh, and the fact is, a lot of kids who are terrific athletes uh, still play a number of different sports. And uh, if you are, you know, traditionally, if you were a terrific uh, shortstop on the baseball team, you're also probably a top uh, quarterback on the football team. How in the world are you going to decide what sport you're going to play in the spring? And that's going to force kids to make some very difficult decisions. They probably will get some pressure from their, their various coaches uh, as to what sport they should choose. But it's, um, it's the best we can do in this situation. I think by the time a kid is a junior or senior, they're going to basically say to themselves, well, you know, I, I, I really love playing all different sports, but the fact is I, I think I'm going to have to just choose this one because this is the sport that will probably propel me to perhaps getting some attention from college college coaches. It's, it's, it's a tremendous, tremendously sad. It's a sacrifice that kids have to make, but it's as simple as that. Uh, Ed, thank, thanks as always for checking in. Uh, let's, um, you know, by the way, we're talking this morning, by the way, about this movement now. Uh, called it's been titled let them play it's a, a grassroots movement to from parents and coaches high school coaches uh, to let kids start playing football at the high school level uh, primarily in New York State uh, and we're, they're all waiting waiting and waiting and waiting to get clearance from uh, Governor Cuomo uh, to start on March 1st and the question is why haven't we heard more and we, we basically are taking calls about this whether or not this makes sense is it safe is it smart what do you think? one 337 Let's continue with our conversation. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Jack Smithlin over in Jersey. Jack, good morning. Jack, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Go I'm ahead, here. Jack. What, what do you, what's your take on all this? Well, first of all, listen, I, 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 I hear Mike, and 
And I think Mike is such a great contributor to the show, and I respect everything. But I can hear the passion, the coaching passion in his voice. And I, I hate to do this, Mike, but I, I have to disagree with you a little bit here. Um, first of all, if you get doctors involved, like you said, Rick, I don't think there's one doctor, unless they have a, a young athlete playing a, a football or a false or, or an outdoor sport right now, um, I don't think there's one doctor that would say let them play. I really don't. Not 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 where we are right now with with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, is it safe? It's not. Nothing is safe. Nothing. You know, is there things that are safer? Yes. But putting twelve kids or eleven kids, you know, face to face for for an hour is not the safest thing to do. Wearing a mask outdoor is a plus. Um, you know, I'm like I said, you guys know I'm a coach at the college level. I've coached for two years, one of my bucket list things, and I haven't coached a conference game yet. And there might be a chance that I'm not going to do it again this year. But the point is, is that I disagree with, with playing. I really do. And it, it breaks my heart to have to say that. And I understand where Mike's coming from and, and all the coaches. I feel for you and I feel for the kids. But you know what? Safety comes first. And, you know, like, like I've said before, and like you said, and a lot of people on your show have said, that if we're not going to consider the safety of our children, then what is there? I mean, you know, my life is my kids. I mean, they're both grown and, you know, and, and, and you're in their 40s and 30s. But if I was a parent right now, in my opinion, in my feeling, in my heart, even a coach that wants to be out on the field more than life itself, I wouldn't allow my kids to play right now with this new strain that's supposed to be more contagious. I mean, not as dangerous, but more contagious. You know, and we talked about, you and I have mentioned this, we had talked about young kids dying. They do. And I looked it up. And in the United States, there have been close to 200 kids under the age of 12 that have passed away because of this virus. Yeah. 200 kids, all right? And many, many more that have been sick because of it. So, listen, Mike, I, I feel for you. I really do. And But I'm just going to have to disagree with you on this one. And, you know, I don't think it's the time to play. I really don't. If, and if somebody called me up right now and told me, listen, Jack, your college schedule is closed down, I would be very, very upset but I would understand 150%. I really would. Rick, you know, great job with this show, but you know what? It, it's time to start considering the safety of everybody, you know, the older people, the coaches, the staff, the kids mostly. You know, people say, oh, the kids don't get sick. They're absolutely 100% incorrect. Yep. They do. And like Mike said, if you're going to do it and it gets passed, Make sure those rules are followed because if they're well, not, you know, a <laughs> couple of schools in New Jersey closed down because of football players, because of football players. I mean, one right here in Passaic County and two or three in, in Bergen County that I know. So, you know what? Let's be safe about it. Let's do the smart thing. Really. I hear you, Jack. Th- thank you, you, as always, Love for your show. thoughts. All right. Uh, that's uh, Jack Smithlin. And, and, again, what we're trying to get our – our arms around here is trying to get all the facts, all the medical expertise we possibly can. Yes, we, we all agree. We all 100% want our kids to go back and play high school sports. We want them to happen. And obviously the football players have waited and waited and waited, and it's got to be killing them. They see football players in other states who have played their, their seasons, and we're still waiting in New York State. But the question, as Jack Smithland just said, is, at what, at what point is it worth the risk? At what point do we have enough safety guidelines in place that we feel we can go ahead and do this uh, and it's not going to have a negative impact? Uh, it is a very, very tough decision. It will have to be made by, uh, by Cuomo, uh, and hopefully he's got a team of medical experts who can actually provide insight and thoughts and have stats and, and, and can figure all this out so the decision is made within the next, uh, you know, four to six weeks. Um, you know, at the very beginning of this whole COVID spread, I remember having Steve Callis, uh, the attorney, come on the show to talk about whether school districts would have high school athletes, uh, you know, would they have to be signing a waiver 
of their legal rights in case they or or family member uh, fell ill with COVID. Uh, after all, no school districts wants to be uh, wants to be sued, uh, knowing that there's a, a, a pandemic going on, and yet they let kids play high school sports. At that time, when, when Steve and I talked about that on the air, uh, it was so early with, with the pandemic that there wasn't really any precedent. There was no real sense of a consensus. But, but clearly, that question has still not gone away. That might be part of the whole process with high school football beginning again. Um, and, and that's, again, another part of the piece of the puzzle. Let's uh, move on with our calls. Let's go to, um, let's go to uh, uh, Dom DiMatteo, uh, the football coach from Mayapak High School. Uh, who was one of the, uh, I guess, the leaders in this Let Them Play movement. Uh, Coach DiMatteo, it's good to talk to you. Rick, good morning. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Well, thank you for checking in, and I'm glad you called, Don, because obviously everybody knows uh, you come from a legendary uh, football family of coaches uh, in, in Westchester County, and, and that's, I mean, that's, you obviously have done your homework. You know about what's going on, not just in New York State, but around the nation, and you are one of the leaders in this, uh, this movement. Tell, tell, me, tell me why you feel that, that it's time to move ahead and do this for the high school players. Sure. I mean, first of all, Rick, this clearly isn't an easy topic, and there ha- there's many, many layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bottom line is we feel it's time not just for the kids to play high school football, but all interscholastic athletics, because quite frankly, other than football, they're already playing. There's travel leagues, there, there's rec leagues, there's alternative leagues popping up all over the place, mm-hmm. and, and that's a major concern, and we would much rather have educators that are affiliated with interscholastic athletics that can collaborate with certified athletic trainers, have the backing of their respective school districts and all the appropriate resources to manage these activities appropriately. And I think, you know, many of us have seen the data that's out there with regards to other states that have successfully played interscholastic sports, specifically football thus far. And and to simply name a few, you have Kentucky who had close to 13,000 participants in football workouts where none or rather no COVID cases were traced back to the workouts. Now they had 113 positive tests, but the majority of these tests are coming back from social gatherings. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're learning on a large uh, scale basis. And my contention is, well, how do we limit the social gatherings? It's hard. People want to be together, especially around the holidays, but adolescents want to be together all the time. Correct. Well, one, one of the ways is extracurricular activities. And, and my contention is one, one thing that will help limit social gatherings, which is where we're seeing all these transmissions, is we get them back on the practice fields, we get them back on the athletic fields in a controlled, structured environment through interscholastic athletics, and that's where I think we can do this safely. All right, but, but John, let me come back to that for a second because, yes, I agree with you. Uh, it, it's got to be just crushing for, for high school uh, students, uh, adolescents who obviously want to be social. Uh, it's, obviously, it's just paid, uh, wreaked havoc with their lives. But if you're going to say, okay, we're going to play sports like, like football, which is a, clearly a high-risk sport because of the interaction along the line of scrimmage and so on and so forth, uh, how do – I mean, that to me seems like it's just like you're leading into more possible uh, spread of the disease. So, well, okay, so we have, the, we have the, uh, the, the temperatures, we have the social distancing, we have sanitizer, whatever. But still, I mean, are you, are you for example, are you in favor of the kids wearing masks during the course of a... Yeah, a I mean, the, the, these are things that have been done. First of all, I think the mindset that football is clearly high risk and a better chance of transmitting the disease... I don't know that that's necessarily an accurate statement. These risk designations that were given to us all the way back in March of 2020, yep. you know, were somewhat arbitrary. No, one, I know of the that. Thing, we... one of the things we're lacking is reliable data on this virus because it just came to our country, right? And, and not just in sports, in every way. We know that if we want to make sensible decisions, we need scholarly-based data for, for about 10 years. And, and then you can make really sound decisions. So right now we're trying to figure this out as we go. So all we can look at is what happened, what's happened thus far. We've had 33 states play football, and the numbers are coming in from the fall, and the numbers are coming in that they were able to do it safely. Twelve are ready to go in the spring. There's only five right now that have no update. So I can tell you this. This past fall, in Section 1 of New York State, which is Westchester, 
Putnam Duchess in Orange County, we were finally approved to do off-season workouts for high-risk sports. Right. And we did it in Maypac. So we had 13 workouts over the course of a month and a half. Each work, we had seven fitness space where we had two different sessions, 20 kids each, one coach, I ran it. And then we had six sports-specific where we had 40 kids at each workout, myself plus three coaches, and we did all those things that are being recommended by our medical leadership, which is our athletic trainers, you know, the, the people, their uh, association that they collaborate with, uh, ultimately our boards of education, our superintendents, that's our leadership. And in all those workouts, you know, we didn't have one contact tracing. We did not have one COVID transmission, obviously, but the contact tracing guidelines we were under prior to the recent changes for schools were very, very difficult. If you were 12 feet from someone for a short amount of time and they tested positive, that would trip the contact tracing and would lead to a 14-day quarantine. We didn't have that. The issues weren't coming from the workouts. They were coming from social gatherings and then kids well, coming to school. We had tremendous success with in-person learning in our area. Now, let, me, let me stop you there because I'm looking at a break here. But I will say that everything you've done there makes sense. However, I will say, in all due respect to the athletic trainers and the Board of Education, they aren't specialists in infectious disease. I mean, I would like to have somebody at a much higher level who does this for a living and knows exactly about how this virus is going. I also agree with you that, of course, this is just just dropped in our laps, unfortunately, this mess. Uh, we don't have any long-term studies about how this disease can be stopped or, 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 or basically uh, er eradicated from our lives. Uh, but it does sound like what you're doing in Mayo Pack is doing a lot of work to make sure these kids, your football players, stay healthy and safe. This is a huge demand uh, of all the kids to understand that, look, this disease is being spread, uh, spread very easily, whether it's through social interaction away from the field or may happen, you know, during the course of being in the locker room or on a bus to a game. Who knows? But we got to make sure I would just feel a lot better. And I know you would as well if we just made sure that we were doing the right thing. Because, again, I hear you loud and clear about the other states in the nation doing it, and they haven't had too many problems, but we just don't know. And, and, and that's the concern. Dom DiMatteo, good to talk to you. Let's see what happens here, my friend, because obviously uh, Cuomo has to make a decision soon. This is going to take place uh, in March. And that was the original game plan to, you know, to postpone football until the spring. And I also hear, by the way, Dom, just FYI, about travel and club teams. That's a topic uh, we've kicked around here on the show several months ago. How come uh, programs outside of school districts are allowed to keep going uh, and, and with their various endeavors with young athletes? Is that safe? Anyhow, let me take a break, Dom. Good to talk to you. Uh, we're talking this morning about what's happening is high school football finally going to resume in New York State on March 1st. A lot of debate about this one way or another, obviously due to COVID concerns. one 337 Hey, just a quick reminder, at uh, 9 o'clock following uh, the Sports Edge, uh, Mark Malusis and Dave Deal will be along, obviously, with Football Sunday as we continue with the NFL playoffs. Uh, also, a quick reminder, you can always follow me on Twitter, particularly on these hot-button topics uh, like high school football and other things we talk about here on the show at, on Twitter at Ask Coach Wolf. Uh, before we get back to our calls about whether or not we're going to have uh, high school football in New York State starting March 1st, uh, I just as a quick passing note I want to make sure you, you heard about. Uh, did you read about the 74-year-old the, the uh, former pitcher uh, from Lehigh University? This gentleman lives in Texas. He's retired. And, and basically, he just wanted to go out and have a catch. Uh, Frank Miller, that's his name. Uh, well, his wife put out a note on social media that Frank just wanted to toss a baseball with anyone uh, in the Dallas area. And sure enough, a few days later, about a dozen baseball players and fans, including uh, retirees like Frank Miller, as well as some, uh, some ball players from the local high school baseball team, showed up in a park, and indeed they all played catch. <laughs> and by all accounts, had a real good time. Just a couple of guys uh, playing ball uh, in a town park. You know, it, it's, uh, it's Jim Bouton. Uh, once observed, yes, the author of Ball Four. Uh, in fact, it, this is the last line of the bestseller Ball Four. Bouton wrote, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he wrote, you spend a, a good long time of your life uh, gripping a baseball, but in the end, 
it turns out it was the other way around. And uh, yeah, those, that, that philosophy is absolutely true. If you ever play baseball, uh, you know exactly what I mean. Okay, let's, let's get back to our, our callers here about what's, what's the right thing to do here. I mean, Cuomo has to make a decision soon about playing high school football in New York State, and we've heard from proponents on both sides of this issue. It's a tough one. It's tricky um, because the, the COVID numbers are the COVID numbers, and we haven't, we haven't conquered it yet, uh, and it's a concern. one 337 Let's go to Frank out in North Massapequa. Frank, good morning. You're on the fan. And, uh, you always create a beautiful Sunday morning for me, buddy, with your topics. I love it, and uh, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, Frank. <clears throat> but it's a way for me to, to express because I, there are a lot of times where I think people are just overreacting, and I, I'm, I'm going to explain what I mean. <clears throat> so I, I'm a big believer of case-by-case case, uh, with COVID, case-by-case case with uh, different risk factors, meaning your age, uh, underlying, un, you know, underlying is- issues, and and so on and so forth. Yep. See, there is no blanket policy to this. There's no one rule fits all. Uh, there's nothing like that. What? So you have to adjust to what you can do, what you and your family could do. And I believe everything happens from the household first, right? So if you have a kid and you decide, you know what, he's got to play football. So I decide my son's got to play football. You have to. I know there's a lot of people that say otherwise, but I decide I want my kid to play football. You have to almost treat him like he is contaminated or going to be contaminated. Once you think along those lines and make sure that he's been playing football for a week now, he can't go see grandma, we can FaceTime, we could do make arrangements so if he, if he does get sick, he doesn't spread it. And if you make the proper adjustments, it, it, you know, you are allowing the kid to do what he needs to do because his risk of getting really super sick or, God forbid, something else. Nobody wants nobody wants kids to go. We we we're all on the same page. Okay. But uh, you know, but what the thing is, if you make that choice for him to play, you have to isolate him like he is in quarantine already. And once we start working that way, and it'll stop the spread if the spread happens that way. And a lot of data is on both sides. You know, a social gathering. Listen, if, if my son decides to do a social gathering, he comes back, there's a cost to that. The cost is now you can't see the people in our family who are higher risk, and you have to now you know, isolate yourself whether you're sick or not because too many people are getting sick. They don't feel sick. They're the spreaders. So if you do things and control uh, your own situation, your own family, that alone will stop the spread more than any I'm not getting into politics more than any other official well, who tell me what to do. Frank, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and, you know, as you said, you take it on an individual case-by-case basis, and it obviously all this boils down, which is the way you started, and I agree with this, this is a family decision. And if, the, if, if the parents decide, look, football is extraordinarily meaningful to our son, and, and he really wants to play, and, and his life has been miserable uh, without having a chance to, to go out and, and, and practice and play football, okay, we will make these conditions that you can right. go play football, but you're going to have to really adhere to every stipulation about protecting not just yourself but also your teammates and the people you live with at home they mentioned before about you know it means you're not going to see grandma well okay you can facetime grandma but what about the parents themselves does this mean how, how does a kid come home from school or practice and he may be carrying the disease how does he how does he isolate himself from his mom and dad in the same home how does that work that and that and that's the obstacle and that's the choice that the family needs to make because maybe if somebody, like the coach said, he had a heart attack, he had a stunt, the other guy. Yeah. You know, there there might be, you know, all right, you're in a basement, I'm upstairs. You know, there are things you can do, or you make the decision that you don't do it. But the but the, the fact of the matter is, is I would rather people start using their heads and being using common sense than waiting for somebody to tell me what I need to do. I, listen, I, you almost have to start acting like, and I have been, I, I'll label myself as a germaphobe. I'm not. I'm not walking around with gloves my whole life. But, but what I do is I'm very conscious and aware of my surroundings. Who's this? That well, I wash my hands. Now everybody's washing their hands. I've been washing my hands since I was. My mother ingrained that in my in my in my fabric. Yeah. Please, you know what I mean. So like these things. As long as people do these things, you can't prevent the inevitable. But if you just 
increase your uh, uh, your, your chances of not getting uh, doing the right steps and measures. Um, you're only going to help yourself and and have some sort of sanity. Oh, I, I agree know? with that. I mean, it, look, even if, if Governor Cuomo decides, yes, we can now move ahead with football in March, Frank, the fact is you would still want the parents to say, okay, you can play football, that's fine, but these are the house rules that you're going to have to adhere by because it's not just about you, it's about the rest of your family and, and making sure that we get through this in a, in a safe and, and healthy manner. Uh, Frank, let me take some other calls, but you make a good point, uh, because I do agree with you, this has to be all boils down to a family decision, not just for football, but for all the sports. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's go to uh, Jeff in Westchester County. Jeff, you're next up on the fan. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Your show is always so welcome in my car and household on Sunday mornings. Great. I'm glad to hear that, I Jeff. I just want to speak a little about the interscholastic situation in New York. And just to update you, you mentioned basketball earlier. Yeah. Governor Cuomo has deemed basketball as high risk as well. Basketball, ice hockey, and wrestling. Yes. So, unfortunately, we're one of three states that's not doing basketball in the country right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. So just to give you an update on that, where we're, again, way behind. And I think a lot of the frustration that people have in New York State is the lack of communication. Yep. And our, our governor has said, well, he does everything based on the numbers. Well, show us numbers that show high school football creates a problem with COVID and is leading to people getting hospitalized with COVID. Two states came out with tremendous data, Kentucky and Michigan. Their data showed it was extremely well done and safe. Okay. Nothing's going to be a hundred percent safe, but in that case, our kids would be doing nothing, which unfortunately is in sadly the case in New York state. Um, but the lack of communication, the lack of any guidance from anyone at top layers of New York State is the extremely frustrating thing for parents. Uh, I'm a Section 1 parent of a high school athlete, yep. and the lack of communication that is given is a lack of leadership, quite simply. Jeff, um, I think, I'm going to stop you there because I think that there's one universal truth we can all agree upon, regardless of you feel one way or the other about, about when it's safe the kids to go back to play sports. We all agree there's been a, a real unbelievable lack of communication, of direction, of guidance, of expertise. It just hasn't happened. And, and you know, everybody's sort of looking around, you know, poking around, trying to find answers, trying to find what's the latest ruling. We just don't hear anything. And, and, you know, it's not, we understand there are life and death issues here above and beyond high school sports, but at least give us some direction as to what's going on. Tell us what you're thinking. If, as you said, or suggest, Jeff, that the, uh, the stats on high school football from Kentucky and Michigan, if those stats are reliable, and, and there's somebody in Albany who can say, yeah, I've checked those stats, they are good, and they do, do show that we can go, move ahead with high school football, then tell us that. Why do we have to keep pushing around and asking and having these conversations when clearly the high school athletes are wondering who's, who's looking out for us and their parents as well? Uh, by the way, I just want to say I, I – I do believe that high school basketball is high risk, uh, like wrestling, like football. But I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure early on in the process they said that basketball was medium risk, and uh, I never understood that. Jeff, thank you for the thoughts. I agree. We have to get some direction, some education. Some, somebody's got to tell us what, what the governor is thinking and what are the stats and actual uh, numbers to, to show. Let's move on. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Jim in Huntington. Jim, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Yes, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, as you know, I'm an athletic director, uh, high school athletic director. Yes. And I, I'm one of the uh, people that represents the 780-plus athletic directors in New York State. I'm the associate director of the NYS AAA. And the analogy I would use more than anything here is we tend in society to put up traffic lights at dangerous intersections after a bad accident. In this case, we've got the protocols in place we're hearing the coaches talk about this. We've set the plan to do high-risk sports, not just basketball, wrestling, basketball. I'm sorry, not just football, wrestling, basketball, cheer, boys lacrosse, and for some reason volleyball being high-risk and hockey as well. Right. But this is the first time that this has happened. We're usually chasing coaches to follow rules. Now 
They know the rules. They're engaging in conversations. We set the rules to play, and we can do it. And the athletic directors are the ones that can administer that. Just let us do our job. Yeah, but, Jim, uh, I hear you loud and clear, but we're still looking for answers here from 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 high on above, you know, the governor in Albany. I mean, nobody said we can move ahead. I mean, that's the problem. Jim, I, unfortunately, I love to have the continue this conversation, and maybe we'll do that in the weeks to come. I, I thank you for your thoughts and comments. And, yes, I feel very, very sad uh, and compassionate for the athletic directors all over New York State because they're the ones who are caught in the middle. They're the ones who are trying to fend off the questions from coaches and parents. They're like, what do we do? What's the next step? Can we move ahead? Can, we, can my kid play high school football? That's a real concern. We shall see what happens in the weeks to come. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. I will see you next week at 8 o'clock. My thanks this morning to Ed Arzuman. Stay well, my friends. Talk to you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.